Hey everybody, welcome to the very first episode of Biz Dads. Very excited to be joining you with our amazing team from our worldwide individual basement headquarters studios. This crazy time has called for us crazy people to try to do a podcast. And after a comedy of errors uh, for the last half hour, we think we finally got this thing figured out. So we're looking forward to coming to you each week on Wednesdays, especially during this quarantine and the pandemic here. We are excited to bring you Biz Dads. We'll be talking about what life is like living at home with your kids all the time, trying to work from home. We'll have some fun conversations about hot topics going on around our different industries. Very excited to be joined by my great friend, Andre Sendate, and our producer, Ann. You'll hear more from them in just a minute. But for now, let's get ready to dig in with Biz Dads. All right, Andres, episode one, Biz Dads. Tell them a little bit about you, and let's uh, we'll introduce them to our producer and our, our in-house millennial, but uh, tell them all there is to know about Andres Sendate. Man, I'm going to keep it short and sweet, Brad. Glad to be here tonight. My name is Andres Sendate. I'm looking forward to uh, being a part of this podcast every week. I am married 10 years to my lovely bride, Heidi, but I have three kids. We have a girl who's eight. And we have two boys that are five and three. So life is crazy. Um, I work in financial services for an investment firm in Atlanta. And uh, I'm just telling you guys uh, more about the crazy madness of, you know, life in quarantine and, you know, giving my two cents on a variety of topics that we hope this podcast will be relatable to, to all the dads and uh, all the dads in business. Excited to have you here, buddy. Um, Ann, a.k.a. Twist. Give them all your millennial minute. Thanks for that intro, Brad. I'm excited to be your millennial and lower the age average just a little bit for this podcast. But hello to the entire world. My name is Ann Gaskins. I am also from Atlanta, Georgia. I went to Clemson and graduated back in 2018. Go Tigers. Y'all's intro was kind of all about your kids, but since I don't have any of those, I will tell you all about my great boyfriend, Will. We'll hear plenty more about that boyfriend too. I think we'll get some insight there because they're they're trending. He, he's trending towards being a biz dad there, Andres. I got a feeling. Um, so we'll talk more about that. You'll hear me call Ann, our producer Ann. You'll hear me call her Twist from time to time. And you'll I need probably, a nickname. I guess. Yeah, you'll probably get a chance to hear why because Ann will be telling you a story, and that story will be going you know pretty smoothly. And then all of a sudden, when you think the end is certain. She gives you a uh, a John Grisham style twist at the end. So we'll Gotta have keep you uh, on your toes. That's right. We'll have plenty of those from time to time. My name is Brad Olecki. I own a company called Trenches Sports and Entertainment in Atlanta, and uh, we work in the sports sports world. And obviously, have had a lot of interesting conversations over the last couple of weeks. But Andres, you and I have talked about this podcast. We've talked about this podcast with our wives. Uh, over cocktails plenty of times and it took a worldwide pandemic for us to actually record the first one um we have tried on the trenches side we've tried to do this several times and um i've infamously forgot to hit record and all kinds of other stories that uh that are very dad of me you know look man we i remember we planned this podcast over uh cocktails down on 30a and here we are couple years later, finally trying to 
first episode. Trying to pull so, it off. For sure. Yeah. 30A, the perfect place to actually be the, the total dad with your cargo shorts and your flip-flops. Yeah. Um, and watching... I'm a little bummed, as you know, because, you know, the Final Four was supposed to be in Atlanta, and I was supposed to be rooting on my Rock Chalk Jayhawks. Final Four was canceled, as many sporting events have been um, due to the pandemic, but uh, you'll hear plenty of basketball during the course of our uh, – Plenty of things about basketball, I should say, during the course of our podcast. As you probably remember, the the local organizing committee or you know, here in Atlanta are great friends. I've worked with them for years, and I really feel terrible for them because of all the hard work they put into it. They would be you know celebrating the pinnacle of all of their hard work over the last three years with you know a college football national championship, a Super Bowl, and now the Final Four. And mm. what should have been a great weekend um, with the beautiful weather here in Atlanta, you mm-hmm. know, crowning a new champion. So, you know, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but there are a lot of those. The PGA just came out with their new revised schedule and uh, the Masters is going to be played in November. Um, you know, we're working on some racing stuff right now, which is virtual NASCAR broadcast on television. I can't even imagine having thought about that or tried to sell that you know, in, in years past, but, uh, but here we are, man. It's, um, it's crazy. How are you and Heidi doing with the homeschool? Well, we're trying to do some transfers, but nobody is accepting transfers right now. So, we'll, <laughs> uh, you know, I have to keep the kids, um, at least to the end of the semester. Um, well, look, I mean, we're blessed in that, you know, Heidi is, I think she's got like an inner teacher in her. Heidi is my wife and, um, She's been able to get a pretty good rhythm going with our daughter, who's eight. Um, I think she was built for homeschool. The two boys, on the other hand, well, let's just say that the uh, you know the the recommendations on screen time by the uh, what is that the uh, uh, pediatric American Academy of Pediatrics we're not we're not exactly following those guidelines right now, especially with the young one. Um, but we're on week of spring break, so who cares about school right now? It's just all about. You know, watching DJ Masks and uh, Frozen <laughs> Two for the you know fortieth time, and now all that new Disney content is coming straight to uh, your TV without hitting the theaters. So you know, I mean, I can't complain. We're healthy. We have been so far COVID. Uh, what is it? COVID nineteen free. So you know, we have to count our blessings. How yeah, about you? We. Um, I never thought I would be asking for homeschool to start back up until I just survived our first day of spring break at home <laughs> without homeschool. At least homeschool buys you a couple hours. Maybe if you're lucky, um, Isn't it amazing how much paper they go through. Oh, I mean, paper? my wife much... and I were talking about what, what's different being at home. And here's a couple of observations. Number one, I think we were like, I think we probably go through, you know, two or three, um, bags of trash. I definitely know we go through Arima paper. Um, it's just different when you're at home. You notice how much stuff you know you throw away. And I can. I think one thing that's going to come out of this is I'm going to be a lot more mindful about how we shop and, and just being a little bit more conscientious of the environment. I guess. Yeah, and that ream of paper is not even because you didn't prepare by buying enough toilet paper. <laughs> that's just for the schoolwork. I think all teachers need a raise. That's for that's for darn sure. That's for sure. I think coming out of this, I think coming out of this, the the uh, memes won't stop calling for the raises for teachers. Every person in our position, I'm going to make sure that I own stock in a in a 
flower company, a florist delivery service when this whole thing comes back around because I know they've earned it. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's you think about the ramifications of this uh, in terms of you know how many people have been impacted. Obviously, from a health perspective, first and foremost, um, and then all those folks that are you know putting groceries on shelves and taking care of people at the hospital. Um, and then when you get down to your individual you know network of friends and family, just juggling working from home and having taken pay cuts, um, been furloughed. Um, I don't, I mean, we just haven't ever been through something like this before. It's, it's really, um, just, you know, remarkable. There's been so many heroes that have stepped up. Uh, we don't even know all the stories. Um, but I think we're just all sort of collectively kind of going through it and trying to put one foot in front of the next. And, you know, it's amazing when you turn on, you know, and, and check in on your favorite sports stars and you see them like running around their house in pajamas and trying to make up like content. Um, it's, uh. It's just, it's just, it's just crazy. Well, you know, I think um, one of the things that's the most interesting piece to me here is how acceptable it has been to be on video calls where your kids have interrupted that video call and whether it's my kids or on a video call with somebody else's kids or how they're just sitting there on their lap or in the background of the Zoom or whatever. I mean, it's normal. Everybody (laughs) understands it now. Everybody understands yeah. that there's going to be a barking dog and a screaming kid, and you're going to have yeah. to turn your video off for a minute to go deal with something. Um, it's crazy. We're yeah. trying to get it out. Really brings, it brings into focus like your house arrangement. You know, I mean, you don't oh, think yeah. about what if I had to work from home all day? And I did work from home for a few years back in uh, 2010. Um, and so. I think I've adjusted okay, but I give a lot of credit to my wife. You know, she's kept the kids, you know, for the most part occupied. We've done our fair share of just getting out and trying to, you know, walk and get exercise. And, and uh, you know, this part of the country, as you know, Brad, I mean, this time of year, it's, it's beautiful. Minus the pollen, um, the weather has just been spectacular. So we've been trying to socially distance, uh, but get out and, and enjoy it. What are, you, uh, what are you doing to stay focused? During the day, Brad. I mean, you run a advisory business, and um, you're always on the go. And you know, the lifeblood of your business is is being in front of people, right? So, how are you? How are you trying to stay focused and stay busy? I am uh, like everyone else. I'm the Zoom master. Um, Zoom master. I I figured a total point of technological accomplishment for me was being able to change the background on my Zoom calls. I think that is um, that is the highlight of my 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 advanced technical skills. Um, (laughs) so we, uh, no, we're, I mean, look, I've got the office in the basement. We're actually with trenches more than likely going to go virtual regardless of when we go back. I think we're going to keep this virtual environment. So, you know, twist is on our team at trenches. She does a great job. We've got another team member and we'll probably all stay remote. I don't think we'll, um, we're trying to sublease our office. I don't think we'll go back to the office given the level of comfort that this, that the technology provides, you know, once we're able to get back and get in front of people again, that's like you said, the lifeblood of our, of our business. But for the most part, you know, we don't need a home base. Um, we need, yeah. we need, you know, with the great WeWorks and, 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 you know, Rome's and industrious and those that, that exist now, Ann and I can get together and our other partner can get together um, without having to have a home office that really saves a lot of money. So 
We're looking at all kinds of options right now, man. Well, now you're kind of getting into my realm. Uh, we so I work at a at a real estate investment company in uh, in Atlanta called Cygnus Capital, and we invest in commercial real estate. And got our firm our firm got started after the last financial crisis in 2010, and uh, we're just trying to really get our arms around kind of what's going on. There's, we're going to talk about in a little bit, you know, some of the programs that the government has launched to help small businesses and to help uh, entrepreneurs like yourself. And, um, and you know, we're a small business, so we're, t- you know, we're trying to really understand the ramifications of this, uh, this pandemic. And I don't think that fully, they're fully understood really by anybody at this point. Um, you know, you turn on the news and it's, it seems like something's changing. Um, you know, people that all known in the news or are watching the virus. It's so, um, but we'll, we'll get into that here in a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, um, for this first episode, what we really wanted to do is make sure everybody had a chance to talk a little bit about, you know, who we are and, and, you know, how are we dealing with this new normal? Um, yeah, I can tell you that probably a blessing in, you know, in this crazy curse has been, we've been walking a lot more as a family. We've been bike riding a lot more as a family. My kids, Andrew just learned to ride his bike yesterday, um, without training wheels. And it was like, wow, how fast he got that. I mean, we were just working on the balance bike. We live in a very hilly neighborhood, as you know, and there wasn't a lot of place for him to go out. And we were going to the BMX bike track bike by your house. And he was taking his scooter and his balance bike up on the trails and within a week, he went from that to training wheel free, and now he's cruising up around the neighborhood, which is awesome. So it's those kind of like accomplishments and you know you get amazing to see him moments. Happen. Yeah, I yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that, that's great. Awesome. Yeah, but we've we've similarly have. I was just talking to Heidi uh, as we were making dinner. You know, one thing we've we we've had more meals together as a family in the last you know, four, three, four weeks we have done is we have supported our local grocery stores. Um, we've been cooking at home a lot and, uh, really haven't gone out and done anything other than, like you said, just walked and gotten some light exercise. And, you know, one of the things that's been really cool with the kids is just finding, um, time to bond with each of them, you know, in in their own little things. And then not about you, but like, I find myself catching up with friends that I haven't talked to in a long time. Like this, this uh, pandemic has, I don't know, it's, it's, it's for some reasons led me to reach out to people that I haven't talked to maybe since college or before college and just check in on them. I'm probably calling my folks, you know, as much just to make sure they're okay because they're a little older and making sure that they're, uh, they're holding up all right. So yeah, I think this is, this is a good time to reflect on a lot of things. <clears throat> I've said it a couple times now to different people and whether you're a believer or not, I know you and I are, we've had a chance to, to, to go to church together and attend the same church. But, um, I do believe that this is, this is the, the 21st century version of, of a divine event, because I think it very much needed, we all very much needed to slow down to realize relationships. I mean, look at trenches at the end of the day, we're a sales agency. Yes, we work in sports and entertainment and we do, we, we are a marketing agency, but for the most part, we are a sales agency and, and that comes with relationships. And I can't tell you how hard it has been over the last couple of years to, to really build those relationships. Um, because people have been so fast paced and so busy. 
I've been making an effort over the last uh, week now to call three people a day and to just talk mm-hmm. with them about how they're doing. Some business, some personal, like you, I've been doing a lot more connection with friends. But at the end of the day, if I can have this time to be more strategic and to be better at building relationships and catching up with people and really employing a level of empathy and sensitivity that we don't normally get to use in the business environment, that's I'm going to come out on the better end. We're going to come out as a company on the better end of this because we'll have stronger relationships and we'll have deeper ties to the people that we want to do business with or, or should be doing business with. Yeah, I think these the I think this this uh, pandemic has has from a business standpoint has also magnified you know leadership. If you were a if you're a company that that um, has a strong leadership, really strong communication, that's probably carried through in a virtual text. You know, people I talk to companies are checking in on employees more so from a personal standpoint um to make sure they're okay and they've got the neat things they need but also uh keeping the momentum going in business and knowing that you know they might be back to work in who knows two three months um and one of the things that we're we're trying to do uh, is and i'm doing on a on a personal level is you know setting you know some realistic short-term goals you know daily weekly, monthly. And uh, I think that's important because you have to build your own structure. You know, you don't have an office to go into. You don't have a commute. You don't have, you know, a drop off that you're doing with your kids. So it's all about creating like a a new set of uh, normal routines for yourself so you can stay productive. Um, So that's been uh, so that's that that's been helping me for sure. Yeah. And I think the most important thing is how are we all going to remember this? When this all goes back to normal, like I think the true barometer of when we're back to normal is when our kids go back to school for the first time and we put our kids on the school bus or the drop off line and they're all rushing into a class together. Right. And we know they're going to be there for 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 the day. That's when everything gets back to normal. I think sports will start up and you'll have some sports without fans in the stands and those kind of things. But when you put your kid on a school bus or you send your kid back to school for the first time, that will be the end of all of this, right? Whenever that ends up happening and hopefully it's on schedule. Um, you've got to have a community and you've got to stay connected to people in this in this environment, in this in, in this pandemic. It's it's super critical. Yeah. Well, I think once we all t- my point being to once we all get back to a normal, we got to remember how close we all became through this thing and um, and make sure that we remember the business side of it too. Everybody's going to be scraping and clawing. Um, to that point, you and I talked about kind of how do we, you know, break this thing up into some segments. So, all right, Andres, let's take a quick break here. It's time for this week's Parenting 101. My question is this. When your kids are on spring break and they've already been homeschooled for the last three weeks as part of a global pandemic. At what links will you go in order to engage them in projects that you're working on? And is that effective? I wanted to build a fire pit in the backyard this week. 
and decided, wow, it's a good opportunity for the kids to help a little bit. I gave the boys each a shovel and told them to start digging. Gave them pretty clear instructions. Good news is they didn't hit each other with the shovel. No one's bleeding. Didn't lose any toes. Somewhat of a success. But when I look back at that project and I realize that we are now farther away from the ultimate goal of a fire pit because of how the kids were digging and where they were digging, I realized maybe my instructions weren't crystal clear enough, even though I thought they pretty much were. And the orange spray paint that I was using to create the lines where they were supposed to dig should have provided the right amount of barrier, but they didn't. And now I've had to call in uh, reinforcements to come and actually do that project, which is probably going to cost me more in the long run than the DIY project I had so excitedly planned for um, the new asset to our backyard. So when trying to keep your kids occupied during a global pandemic, one, be careful which tools you give them. Two, make sure you're using more than just orange spray paint to properly define those instructions for the project. And third, maybe you should just let them have more screen time. This is Brad Olecki signing off for this week's Parenting 101. So sitting around the virtual water cooler here, Andres, what are yeah. you working on? What, given all the craziness, what are you working on? What's your main focus right now? Yeah, well, so our firm, as I mentioned, we're a commercial real estate investment company, and um, you know we're super busy. Look, we've we've had eleven in the economy since the last financial crisis, and things have pretty much gone, you know, for the most part, up for the last eleven years. Businesses have been doing well, unemployment's down, you know, um, and you know we knew probably from the standpoint of the eleven years that it couldn't continue. We didn't predict that there would be a pandemic that might bring it all to, you know, to, to where we're at. But as a investment firm, you know, we, as I mentioned, we got started after the last financial crisis. So we're busy. We're looking at a lot of commercial real estate because, you know, we have capital to put to work and there's a lot of buying opportunities as a result of, you know, what's, what's transpired. I mean, we're not buying homes and asking, you know, throwing people out of their homes. We're buying buildings that banks are going to end up taking back and putting money to work in the in the stock markets and what we call dislocation in the economy and so there's there's plenty of things to do there's plenty of value in in the investment world right now we're trying not to panic we're trying to talk to our clients about being steady and thinking long term and uh looking for good places to put capital to work are transactions happening on a normal basis with you guys are you in the normal mode with you know, speaking no, from a layman's term, I mean, the banks, uh, the banks have definitely um, all got their attention now on this SBA loan program, and the banks are going to be busy doing that. You know, residential activity, I think, has has slowed down. I think right now people are just trying to get information and trying to understand, you know, what what is happening and our contracts going to go through. I think within real estate specifically, it's a big uh, part of the economy that the the main thing that's happening last three weeks the reserve has, has stepped up and if you remember back the last minute you know it took them a while to kind of you know step in and provide um support they eventually did through a program called tarp you may remember where they gave a lot of money 
to capitalize banks. But in this case, you know, the Fed has stepped up in a major way. You might have seen some of the moves that they made, you know, early on in the crisis. They have been huge in providing liquidity to the financial system and to the capital markets. And then there's obviously been legislation passed, the CARES Act, which is providing a tremendous amount of support, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars to support local local businesses, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and that that's just all been critical and will continue to be critical. Yeah, well, look, we're dealing with it right now um, at Trenches. I literally spent a big part of this afternoon on the phone with our uh, financial team working through that SBA process. It is the main focus for us right now. Yeah. It opened up on Friday, uh, the first portion of it. My understanding is, you know, companies with under 500 employees have the first kind of crack at applying and the local, you know, the local banks or the larger banks are administering the program. So if you have an existing relationship with the bank and get your application in, which I understand is a pretty straightforward three page application. They tried to find a great deal for people. And then this coming Friday, I believe it's the 13th. And that's when they're going to allow solo practitioners to apply for loan. Yeah, we um, <laughs> the ease of it is quite surprising. Um, making sure that you understand all the details of it, I think, are are are, are vital, obviously. But what's going to be really interesting is, regardless of what happens in November with the presidential election, how is everybody going to react, knowing that two trillion dollars is going to have to be repaid? You don't just up and uh, double the <laughs> double the uh, deficit of this country and, and not being repaid. So whether you're red, blue, or purple, at some point we're all going to have a rude awakening when those tax bills start to come in. And how that all comes together in, in November is going to be pretty fascinating. All right, let's take a break here, circle up all the neighbors, and have this week's cul-de-sac chat. Andres, you sent me an article uh, earlier today. Pretty interesting article. Let's uh, talk to me a little bit about what your thoughts are on that. Well, this morning I was flipping through the uh, the Wall Street Journal and I came across an article. The title of the article is Coronavirus Could Cause Youth Sports Recession. Kids are at home instead of on ball fields. And the slumping economy means some could stay there. You know, it's crazy, man. One, I think that's been happening for a while, right? Participation has been down. I think I've told you, you know, at Trenches, we do a lot in, in the youth sports and high school sports space. And being a college athlete, I'm very passionate about everything from concussions to all that stuff. We'll talk about that a lot probably over this podcast. But, you know, participation being down is is a bit concerning. But I can tell you this, from a dad who, you know, has got two boys playing baseball, coached both teams, travel, all that stuff. I don't miss anything more than I miss baseball on Saturdays and practices throughout the week. I mean, Margaret Ann and I talk about that all the time. It is the one thing that we miss more than anything at all through this whole quarantine. It's crazy. Yeah, no, I can totally relate. You know, one thing that struck me about the article as I was reading is how many times have you said to somebody that you've spoken to on the phone or a family member, hunkered down over the last three, four weeks, and the article talked about, you know, kids are hunkered down on the couch, you know, with a screen, with a tablet, with a device. And, you know, I'm sure your boys are similar to ours. I mean, you, you just have to get them outside and keep them active. I mean, I think that, you know, one thing that we've always enjoyed about Saturdays, especially here in the last three or four years, is just getting up and getting the family in the car and heading down to the ball field 
heading to the basketball court. And, uh, you know, one, just the social element, meeting up with a number of other families, but two, just getting to see your kids, you know, just the joy that uh, many of them have, especially at this younger age, like our kids are, you know, under eight, under nine years old, where it's getting competitive, but, you know, they're still having a lot of fun. Yeah, we have a a text chain going with the travel dads, um, the travel baseball dads, that is ultimately like every day we're talking about baseball. It's nuts to think that all of that and the most important thing that we all, you know, all the things we have to worry about, but it's that little level of, of normalcy, that little, you know, Saturdays at the ballpark, the um, the time you get to spend with your boys on practices. Before the quarantine, it was hectic, rushing from work, getting ready to get to practice and trying not to get in a fight with your wife about dinner and the kids are cranky and practice is terrible and you got to do it all over again the next day. But man, what I would give for one of those crazy, you know, rushed nights again right now um, with a normal school schedule and picking them up from after school and all that. It's, you know, it's those kind of things that unfortunately life has gotten in the way and people have not always made the time for their kids to be able to do that. They do turn over, you know, video games and that kind of thing because parents are tired when they get home. You know, I think one thing that this will all teach us is that we can survive and we need to get out and get the kids out and get them active. I would hope that the reverse happens based on what that article says, that it's actually a progression of youth sports because parents see how dependent their kids are on technology, how troublesome that is and hopefully even though i know there's there's economic circumstances hopefully that gets us back into doing things outside whether it's band or or baseball or an individual sport or whatever hopefully we all realize that we take it for granted being on this couch you know we got to get back and get active yeah, let me throw some stats out you out at you um, and and our listeners because some of the things in the article really made me think you know that this this pandemic will have you know a, a lasting impact and hopefully as you said you know our kids and, and and the families will be able to get back to ball field get back to playing soccer and travel ball you know, the uh, the article uh, said that U.S. Uh, participation by kids in team sports dropped from nearly forty five percent in '08 which is obviously, you know, right when the, the great financial crisis started, to 38% in 14. And even by 2018, when the economy had improved, the share of kids playing sports hadn't rebounded. So, you know, one of the things that I've noticed, I don't know about you, Brad, but, you know, the cost of just participating in a normal league here in Smyrna, where we live. I mean, it's unfortunately, it started to price some families out. And I fear that employees and parents being furloughed and, and, you know, tough times kind of setting in. I'm hopeful that, you know, that the leagues and the organizations and, and uh, the community can rally to get these kids back out on the field because, unfortunately, you know, this uh, this pandemic is going to, I think, I fear, is going to have a broader impact. And I'm just hopeful that, you know, the kids that want to play and are able to play can get back out there. And the other thing that's kind of interesting is my daughter, she does play softball, um, but she's really uh, taken to to dance and theater and those things have kept on going because they can do a lot more of it over zoom and yeah. over like video and it'll be interesting to see what comes out of this in terms of uh, maybe there's new businesses that will emerge in terms of private instruction and other things you know using using the 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 advent of technology you know I don't know where you you set up a video in your backyard with your hitting instructor I don't know we'll see where it goes 
Yeah, you know, I, I think to your point about the cost, it, it's really it's concerning. And I know there are, you know, a lot of a lot of the professional teams have tried to make an impact. Um, you know, I think it takes a little bit of parent sacrifice. I think that's something that probably is a little lost, and that if we cut a couple things here and there. Maybe we can make it work. Maybe we can get the kids active. But I know, yes, the cost is going to drive a lot of people away. My opinion, right or wrong, is that if you can make that sacrifice and put your kids into it, then it's a sacrifice worth making. I think sometimes, though, people choose not to make those sacrifices. Now, that's for a small group of people, obviously. There is a a larger group of people out there who can't physically afford it and don't have anywhere to sacrifice. I totally get that. And that's where you hope a lot of the sports teams, a lot of the corporations chime in and what i'd love to see out of this is corporations get more involved in local and youth or grassroots initiatives not just sports but all of those programs that you've talked about i'm learning uh creative uh the arts i mean all of these things are going to need some funding because pennies are going to get tighter and but i i don't think you can ever discount the long-term value of a an active and an activity for your kid. And I agree. I uh, I I totally uh, believe that sports have done really good things for developing you know the character in our kids. Them learning you know just rules, learning how to you know work under other adults, learning what it means to be a part of a team. And and let's face it, I mean this is a business and and parenting podcast. So you know the the business world. There's so many parallels about sports and business and sports and life. And so. I totally agree. I mean, one other thing that kind of jumped out at me again, just just the business side of this is, you know, with with as we talked about the inflation of of sports in terms of, you know, just thinking about travel ball. I mean, again, my my kids aren't quite at that age, but I know a lot of our listeners kids are playing travel ball and playing in tournaments. And I know your your uh, your boys are going to be down that path as you were a really competitive and division one athlete. But I I, uh, I couldn't help but notice in the article, Brad, they talked about the 22% of kids in the bracket, um, you know, played sports on a regular basis in 2018. Pardon me. So 22% of kids in the lowest household income bracket played sports on a regular basis in 18. You know what the percentage was for household incomes over 100,000? Probably it was about double. double that, yeah. About double. So, yeah. you know, I think it's it's an interesting it's going to be an interesting time for youth sports. I mean, again, this is a business podcast. So we're you know, we're, we're trying to sort of surface some of the issues that I think, you know, people probably feel, you know, when you're writing that check for one hundred and fifty two hundred dollars for the league. I'm just hopeful that some of these leagues will survive because I think, you know, the concern of some of the leagues and some of these uh, federations and associations, if the articles correct or that some of them are are, are going to really struggle to come back so it'll be something for us to watch and maybe update our listeners as we go forward no you're absolutely right and it's so unfortunate because again i i i know the influence that sports had on both of our lives and i know you know all the 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 work and time and energy that goes into it and what we're putting into our kids right now and it and there's got to be a way to help those lower income families be a part of it. And I know that it is, it is something that there are organizations trying to fix. I know little league, you know, our little league here has a scholarship program, but it's not something that's widely publicized. It's not something that, you know, every family knows about. So I think there is a a need for communication to that segment that, you know, helps them understand yeah. that there's some support out there 
to get their kids engaged. And look, this whole thing ties back to not to go too deep, but but larger obesity numbers for kids and 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 that kind of thing, and too much gaming and 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 too much TV and too much tablets and and all that. It's not just the financial aspect that's got to be fixed. There's a lot of other elements that need to be fixed. And what I can hope is one thing that comes out of this. This is my idealistic viewpoint. Sure. Do we all understand and appreciate the importance of those types of activities, getting the kids involved? Because I think not everybody puts enough weight in the organized activities and how important it is for these kids. So if we can if everybody starts to realize that the importance of community, the importance of the family time and getting those activities in place out of this, you know, maybe this craziness, you know, we all come out on the better end because of all yeah. of this we've dealt with. Well, as we get ready to wrap up this segment, uh, it's a really interesting topic. I have two final, two final points. One is it's encouraging. Uh, one, one of the, the last pieces in the article talked about the National Endowment for Youth Sports, which was launched uh, in 2019 by NFF. And it's a nonpartisan, nonprofit fund that youth sports organizations can apply to for grants. So to your point about organizations that are searching for funding, the aim of this endowment is to fight two fronts. One, rising obesity levels for, for youth. And two is the increased cost of kids playing sports, as we talked about. I mean, some of these leagues, just to the price of admission has gotten to, you know, $100, $200. And that, that does price out a certain percentage. And that's before you get into Johnny needs a new bat and yeah. Mom needs new dance shoes and everything else. So there's just been inflation. And it's definitely uh, great that there's an organization out there. They're going to try to raise $100 million by 2023 and you know, hopefully in the post-coronavirus world, you know, they're going to be successful going out and, and getting money, you know, raised for such a good cause. And then the other take, I know we talked about some of the things we want to uh, get into on our on our podcast and future episodes, and we didn't get to do this on our first show, but, but just, you know, things in terms of our parents um, and influences that they've had on us now that we have our own kids. One of the things that this article and our conversation, you know, brought up is, you know, I remember my dad when he when he coached and he you know, we were very fortunate. My my older sister, my older brother and I, you know, we were fortunate to him as a coach, you know, pretty much for all of our sports. We grew up in a small town in Kansas and, you know, he worked nights at the post office and I don't think he slept a whole lot when we were growing up between between all the practices and driving us around to games and everything. But one thing that I, I re recall distinctly is that, you know, he always was going to pick somebody up, a kid, just to get them to practice. And, and, you know, we lived in a small town, so maybe it was easier. I don't remember. All I do remember is that there was a lot of parents that I'd run into when I'd come home from high school or college, and they'd stop me at the grocery store, and they'd, you know, remind me, or they're my age, and they'd tell me, like, now they have kids, and they'd say, you know, how much they appreciated my dad doing that for them when they were when they were growing up. So I just wanted to give a shout out to him and you know, how, how those little things, you know, 30 years later, 40 years later, make a big difference to people. No doubt. Well, I think there's a, there's a lot to be said there. One, I agree wholeheartedly. And it's a two-sided effort to your first point. These leagues have to find a way to become more affordable. And that is something that I think needs to be addressed and talked about. And it starts with everybody's local communities. And it talks with, you know, those volunteer boards that are in charge of those organizations Hopefully everybody can take away the need to talk with those folks. And then secondly, you know, I've had the chance to, to meet your dad and, 
You know, I have a dad just like it. I think it is so important for people to realize how involved you need to be in your kid's life. That's a phenomenal part of the conversation and um, and something I know we'll hit up a bunch over the next, you know, several episodes. So always a great time chatting in the cul-de-sac. Let's head back inside and finish this thing up. Well, look, it's, it's, um, it's going to be crazy as we go through all of this. I think each week we'll talk a little bit more about how we're going to address the pandemic, how families are dealing with it, how businesses are dealing with it. Um, but as we get into the end of each episode and we've talked about our final four and being the fact that right now they'd be tipping off the championship game of the NCAA March Madness. Um, what better way than to, uh, to have our, our own final four, right? But there's no live sports on right now. So the question for the final four is, Hey, what are you watching? I think it goes without being said the number one right now, Tiger King. I have been fascinated by the fact that people like that live in this country. (laughs) I mean, every episode got more and more crazy and I was not a believer, but when my brother first told me about it, um, what are you watching, Ann? Oh, Tiger King for sure. I've already made plenty of TikToks reenacting the infamous Carol Baskin. I guess being a Clemson Tiger fan has given me plenty of tiger print. So the videos have given my family and I plenty of laughs, but luckily you will never see those videos. Besides wait, 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 stop. You're telling me that you're using TikTok to recreate scenes from Tiger King. (laughs) Well, I'm using the character Carol recreating my own uh, videos. Wow. (laughs) In order for you to maintain employment, I think I'm going to have to see some of those videos. More on that in future episodes. The other one that we talked about, Andres, if he was here, he'd be telling you about because we're both watching it, is Ozark. Filmed right up the road here in the town I grew up in, in Ackworth, Georgia. Ozark is phenomenal. You never think Jason Bateman would be able to play the character that he does, but if you haven't watched it, watch it. And besides making your own TikTok videos, what else are you watching, <laughs> Twist? What's on the the uh, Netflix or streaming right now? Well, you really must be underneath a rock if you have not heard about Love is Blind, especially being in Atlanta. It was filmed in Atlanta. I might or might not have tried out on the show. Don't ask later. But it is about random strangers meeting each other through or they've never seen each other. It is through a wall. All they can do is hear each other. And it went so well. Six people ended up getting engaged, but only two remain to this day a year ago. Another perfect example of that. You can think of anything and sell it to TV producers to put online. I've watched this from afar. (laughs) I have not watched the actual episode and I will not watch the episodes, but it blows my mind that I had to go to a bar and try not to drink too much to pick up my wife and failed miserably at that a couple times before it actually worked. And now people don't even have to see each other and they're getting engaged or you can have your Bumble or your Twitter Tinder or whatever. And, uh, life is a little easier now. Thanks to technology. The, uh, the final of the final four, another one that we're going to be watching and it couldn't be more relevant given tonight and all that we're, uh, we're dealing with with missing the final four but it is the ski that's the next one i'm tuning tuning into so you heard it here first four great things if you haven't watched them check them out 
Um, this wraps the first ever episode of Biz Dads with Andres, Brad, and our producer Twist. Um, lots of technical Ooh. difficulties. No idea what this sounds like, but we're going to give it a shot. Twist, great night. Thanks for doing this. And uh, look forward Thanks to for another great day in the trenches. Thank you.